It's episode number nine of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show, and I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. This show is designed to empower women to find their own expression of the keto diet to maximize their health and happiness. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hey there, lady friends. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me as always. Uh, Today we have a very special episode because it's our first ever episode of Real Life Keto. And I want to bring this in. It's going to happen more frequently now that we have some of the initial episodes out of the way because I think it's really important within the keto community and especially with the message that I'm trying to send within the keto community of it being more of a lifestyle and not being this super hardcore diet that we have to do all this restriction and all this stuff and really finding what works for your body and just all these messages that I need to share with you. I think it's helpful to have other perspectives on it too and from just real people like you and me doing the thing, not necessarily doctors or nutritionists or dietitians, researchers, whatever they may be. Instead, we're just real people and found things that worked for us that didn't work for us, found ways to kind of change our mentalities and our mindsets, um, getting out of a restrictive mentality, getting away from the dieting and just living life and using keto to do so. And I just really want more women sharing their experiences because I think in every story that anyone shares, we can find pieces of our own stories. You know, we can mirror some of these sentiments that other women have. And I think just being able to go through that and just chat is really, really important, just as important, if not more, than getting some experts on the show too. So that's my goal with these real-life keto episodes. So anytime you see that, that's what it means. And we have our first one today. Before I introduce her, let me just go over the same things I go over every episode, but I really just want to make sure we all know where we're going, what we're doing Uh, If you would like to contact me uh, with a question or podcast topic or interview or any suggestions you have for this specific podcast, email info at ketoforwomenshow.com. If you want more information about working with me one-on-one, head to my website, seanminer.com. You can go under work with Sean and you will find out what it's like to work with me And you can even schedule a free 15-minute consultation if you are interested in in starting. We can get started to do that. So um, I believe we're booked out a little bit, but we would be looking maybe at late September before we meet. But hey, you can still grab your spot now and make sure you have that appointment scheduled. If you just want to connect with me and see what I'm doing, hanging out, uh, definitely go to my social media. I use Instagram quite a bit whether that be actually posting or I do a lot more about just my real life and all the things over um, on Instagram stories. Either way, you can find me at Sean Minor Health over there. And you can also uh, find me at Sean Minor Health on Facebook too, where I post pretty similar things, but just to get a scoop of what I do on a day-to-day basis, what I'm eating, what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, all that good stuff. Those are the two places you can find me there. That takes care of all of those things. And then just to remind you, if you are interested in being a part of the Fat Burning Female Project in September, which is a great time to really dive in and get some good habits going, um, head to bit.ly slash fatburningfemale to learn more and sign up for the notifications. That enrollment will start September 6th with the course starting September 18th. We will get going and we'll feel really good by the time the holidays come, which is so, so important. And then we'll know how to kind of navigate that whole time of the year appropriately. So that's great. One thing I did get a comment about uh, this week that I didn't realize people were thinking and I just want to clear up is that the Fat Burning Female Project is for ladies who haven't done keto before or are new to keto or want to just get started with it and need guidance. And that's not the case 
at all. I would say at least 80% of the ladies in the project have already been keto or at least low carb, high fat prior, and they just want a little bit more support. They want the support of myself um, and the assistance of myself, uh, as well as just the other ladies in the course. Like we just have this really awesome group of friends. I mean, we're honestly all friends at this point, just helping each other along on the journey, whether that's through the six weeks or beyond. It's not like things get cut off after um, the project is over. It's like once you're a fat-burning female, you're always a fat-burning female. So we have this ever-growing, really awesome support group. And it's just nice to have that when you're trying to make a, a health change and a diet change. Of course, you're going to learn a bunch about keto and why we're doing it and what you're looking to heal and how it looks on a day-to-day basis. We're going to be tracking your macros, of course, in my own little tracking system I have that doesn't involve actually counting your macros, which is great. But we're just going to make sure, you're yes, you are doing keto correctly and getting the support and guidance and just having this group to do it with as well. So I just wanted to clear that up, that it's not just for people who haven't done this before. In fact, most people already have. And they just want to make sure they're on the right track, which is great. And any and all people are welcome, of course. But I'm going to talk more in a future episode, probably in the next couple. I may take about 15 minutes to actually go through who and who is not good for the course. I get around this time, I start getting a lot of questions of, this is my situation. Is this course good for me? So I want to kind of go through that in more detail just to hopefully help you out and help you understand if it is something that sounds like it would be good for you or maybe now is not the right time or maybe it's just not the right thing for you at all, which I'm totally cool with all of the above, but I want to clear that up. And so we'll do that probably in the next um, episode or two before we start enrollment again um, in September. Okay, now let's get to what we're talking about today, which is my real life keto first ever interview with Leah Hosberg. Leah and I actually met when I was a group leader for her class as a nutritional therapy practitioner. Um, I was helping out with the instruction of the class and met her there. And we just kept in contact and she is a fat burning female and all that good stuff, which you'll hear all about. But the reason why I really wanted to have Leah on the show pretty quickly is because I've gotten a lot of questions, almost as many about menopause as I have about breastfeeding and pregnancy and fertility while in ketosis. And she is someone that had an experience with breastfeeding and she's currently working on her fertility to perhaps have another child. And so I thought that was a really good personal experience that I could share with you all if you are at some point looking to breastfeed or have a baby or just maybe want awesome hormones because we all want those, right? Then this is really the episode for you. So without further ado, let's hear from Leah. All right, Leah, thank you so much for joining me on the Keto for Women show. You are the first ever guest as my real life keto, just a real person chatting with me, which is so fun. And I'm so happy that it's you. Yay. Thank you for having me. This is really happy to be here. Really, really fun. Okay. So let's let everyone in on who you are. So what you do right now, what you have going on, where you've been, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, so I'm 33 years old. I have two kids, a three-year-old and one who will be 15 months soon. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner. Uh, so that's kind of where I've shifted my focus in the last, uh, like six months or so. And prior to that, I, uh, was co-owner of a CrossFit gym. So I did that for four years and I've, been coaching CrossFit for probably like nine-ish years, going on 10 years. So that's weirdly how where I ended up. I That was sort of like a random thing that happened in my life because I didn't do anything athletic until I started CrossFit. Oh, interesting. And yeah, like I was a history major. I actually have a master's degree in education. Wow, I didn't <laughs> so, know that. Yeah, so I've just kind of been wandering around and (laughs) uh, picking up, you know, like different things as I go in life. And CrossFit was something that just uh, I got really passionate about um, at a time when it like worked. So 
that's kind of like my history. I really want to get into the the diet aspect of your history mm-hmm. and your past because I know it's a relatively long one. You warned me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <it is. laughs> and um, I think that that also means that we're all going to be able to relate to you. I just can feel it already. So yeah. tell us about your history like with food. Okay. So um, the short of it is I've done everything. <laughs> Um, and the long story is it starts with that I am five one and I've always kind of had a lot of lean mass, but I wasn't athletic. Like I said, I just, I was like totally not in touch with my body, even as a child. Like I was super nerdy and just really kind of like a bookish person and didn't really do sports or anything like that. Um, But the only thing that I really cared about was getting smaller because my BMI has always been uh, overweight and probably at times like obese for how short I am, like my my weight to my height ratio, which um, as a kid and as a teenager, you take to be everything. And growing up like in the 90s and early 2000s like I did not have the body type that was like required to be accepted as beautiful so that that's kind of like the foundational purpose that I would seek information about food um so so I I developed a desire to be smaller and in that process um did a lot of restrictive eating. I wasn't like, I wouldn't say that I had bulimia or anorexia, but I was really afraid to eat too much and would try doing like low carb or not eating or just things that I had heard that would work for people to make them skinnier. Um, and when I was able to like uh, go and get like drive, I would uh, go to Walmart and get Xenadrin pills. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember uh, those. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, I did that later into high school and just was always trying to be smaller. And that's kind of the eating habits that I developed like in, in that phase of life. Mm-hmm. As I got older, um, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just trying to be smaller, always trying to have a lower number on the scale. And, it just it was never easy for me to get under a certain weight unless i was nearly starving myself or doing something so restrictive that i i felt really bad but then you know you'd get that high of like oh well i'm 125 pounds today so i'm it's working mm-hmm. and not really considering what's actually happening to me as a person Um, and honestly, like saying this now in retrospect, it's obvious that this was like super unhealthy and disordered eating and obvious and obvious, but it was like very normal to be like this way, um, eating this way. I feel like for our generation of women, I totally agree because everyone was doing it. All your friends were doing it. So it was just like, that's what you thought was supposed to happen is just totally disordered eating. Yeah, like it, it didn't feel like I was way off track to feeling good or uh, having self-confidence. Like I didn't think that this was like way off, you know, and mm-hmm. I and I still feel like this is something that I encounter today with people is very restrictive, disordered eating people feel is positive when they get this certain result. So it feels normal when it's like actually very unhealthy. But so from there in my 20s I didn't really know what I was doing I was just kind of I mean we were a little you know didn't have a lot of money so I did a lot of really unhealthy like I I do remember eating hamburger helper in Mm -hmm. my first apartment with my husband (laughs) um (laughs) so there was a period of just I don't know what I'm doing um I I was even vegetarian for a while because I you know always trying to get to some place where I was skinny but I never really accomplishing what I wanted. And so when I was, I think I was like 24 is when I started doing CrossFit and 
the workout started to have so much value in my life that what I was eating was not supporting how I was working out. So that's when I started eating more protein. I got into the zone diet, um, weighing and measuring my food and I felt great. And this was a period where it's sort of like a renaissance in my life when I look back, because instead of trying to be smaller, I was trying to accomplish things. And this was a really positive like shift for me at this time was, just how do I feel my body so I can do better at this thing? Mm-hmm. And this was new and it was refreshing and rejuvenating. And this is when I really, I would say, encountered my body for the first time where I was like, hey, <laughs> I want to take care of you so that we can do this thing together. And this was like massive for me. And this is why I got so into CrossFit for a really long time. And Zone was beneficial for quite a few years like it did the job I needed it to do to get what I wanted um and I and I did do paleo too in that period so sometimes I'd be just paleo or sometimes I'd be paleo end zone but um felt great for a really long time and then uh, I went from crossfitting for fitness sakes to crossfitting to compete and this catapults me into like another place and during this time I followed the same protocols essentially but in retrospect now I can look back and say it was a slow kind of tear down on my body to push myself that hard and then when I got pregnant um is when I was like, ah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, because it was all working fine until I was trying to work out two a days or a a strength session and then a couple Metcons or, um, which maybe, I don't know if this isn't even making sense to people that are listening, but just working out multiple times. Yeah. Multiple times at least. Yeah. Um, which and and in a moment was like great you know like we're we're getting PRs I'm getting stronger I'm getting faster I'm getting fitter all of those things were happening but the breaking point was when I had my first child in 2013 and I was able to push through and like maintain for that year afterwards and go to regionals with my team and and then just pushing 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 and then there was like a fallout from lack of sleep just exhaustion, just what I'm doing is not working. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you stay and, doing that while you were pregnant? I worked out while I was pregnant, but not, not to like that degree. That. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I took it down. But then as soon as lot. you had the baby, you were back into it. Basically. Yeah. I mean, I probably took white, well, I took a full month off and in my head at the time I was easing into it because I was pulling back so much from where I was, Mm -hmm. but I didn't, it wasn't enough to recover from what was happening to me with my child because I also was breastfeeding full on. I was also getting up in the night I was not doing sleep training. So doing all of that was pushing me to a place that I couldn't sustain. Mm -hmm. And then it took about five or six months for me to get pregnant with my second child. And it was during that period that I started to realize that there were other things I need to look at besides um, fitness. So I had to look at my hormones. I had to look at my cycles. My cycles were very irregular during that time. And this kind of like launched me into this rabbit hole of (laughs) – this other side of existence that Mm -hmm. I I just didn't really fully understand. Uh, I knew hormones were important. I was on birth control. So I felt like I had a pretty good handle on these things. But I started having such irregular cycles that it turned out I had some issues I need to work on. I had a big polyp in my cervix. And this... um, led to, okay, I'm estrogen dominant, which led to, okay, I have adrenal fatigue, which led to, how do I fix all these things? Mm -hmm. And, um, 
nutrition became a different thing. It was became healing instead of fuel for the workout. It was healing to become a mother because I wanted to be a mother so badly again. And um, that's when I learned about hormones and kind of shifted focus. I went into the NTA program and from there, my focus was just healing. So then I got pregnant again, thank the Lord. And I had to pull back so much more than I realized. And I guess this is also one of my like messages now that for a lot of women who are in my, who are in my position, like when you think you're pulling back, (laughs) there's probably more. There's more you can do. (laughs) To be done. Yeah. And so then I just was like, okay, I'm going to not try to think about competing again and just, just work out for fun and, um, focus on detoxing some of this estrogen. And I did get pregnant again. The hormone balance of getting pregnant healed my polyp. So I had a successful and healthy pregnancy in that period of, you know, when I went into healing mode to get pregnant, I was still doing zone, which if you don't know what zone is, it's kind of like the original macro diet Mm -hmm. (laughs) of 40% carbs, 30% fat and 30% protein. And this did work well for me for performance, but I was so used to doing it that this was just kind of the thing that I was doing, but I knew I wasn't eating enough fat just intuitively. And just after what I was learning about hormones. So I, I did the zone protocol, but I tripled my fat. And so after I had my second child, I went back to this concept. I needed higher fat, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, even though I was like following this protocol that I knew, I needed to shift it to meet my needs as a woman who's trying to have to be a mom at the same time Mm -hmm. to carry children, birth them, and then nurse them as long as we can. I do want to go back. Um, We'll catch up to the story, but I want to go back because I think that maybe some people could see themselves in your story to where you were kind of overtraining and overdoing it for yourself. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, even after having your first child going back and then all of a sudden just hitting this wall, what were those signs for you? Was it, was it because you couldn't get pregnant or what kind of gave it away? I was extremely tired, but being a new mom, I don't think I had a concept. I just always was like, it's cause I'm a mom, mm-hmm. you know? And kind of took on the belief that it wasn't possible to feel alive. (laughs) Mm. You know what I mean? Like that you're just always get, you're just so tired in this phase, like going through the motions and going through emotions. And so there was sort of this like thing where I thought this is just how it is. And so I didn't really get like the slap in the face until my cycles went totally haywire. So I was like fairly normal. And then it got to a point where I was bleeding almost every day, which was partially hormonal and partially just the um, intrusion of that polyp, which mm-hmm. is hormonal. So it wasn't until I was like, okay, this is an issue that I really realized, you know, I need to look at this hardcore. So you um, had kind of a medical issue that kind of really popped out and then it was yeah. like, okay, I think I'm doing too much to my body. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it took it took a lot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and that's the case. Honestly, that's that was the case for me. Absolutely, it's like we need some sort of medical intervention, which is the case for a lot of people. So I, I totally get that. Um, so then now we're at the point where you realize that you needed fat to in order mm-hmm. to heal your hormones and keep your body happy. Is this what brought you to the keto diet? Yes. Um, after I found out I had adrenal fatigue, I went through the process of figuring out what my food sensitivities were and so then I like eliminated a bunch of stuff for a while which was awesome and helpful and and during this time I because I had adrenal fatigue I was really only doing CrossFit maybe like two or three times a week maybe and it was really a lot less intense and life was just busy at that time so it was even hard for me to like work out even if I wanted to so lifestyle had changed significantly and then I just got to a point with my second child where I was just tired of obsessing over food and constantly seeing it as something that's 
going to help me get what I want or not help me get what I want and 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 just finding myself at a place where I want to be able to fuel and nourish my body without overthinking it and at the time I had just felt that eating because eating more fat was supportive um, up until now I just wondered if going full ketogenic would be something that would kind of get me out of this place of needing to weigh and measure or, you know, eating food that will feel me longer without having to create snacks and just being a busy mom, like struggling with pulling it all together and just food always being something that I'm always obsessing about. And so that's, so that is what made me curious about it. But my you know, hesitation was that I was still breastfeeding. And that's when I emailed you. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to be good or bad for that. Um, and that's a, was, a question I get a lot, which is why one of the reasons why I'm having you on right now is because mm-hmm. there is a lot of hesitation about breastfeeding um, and doing a ketogenic diet. And so I encourage you to give it a try, as I would, of <laughs> course. Um, and you were part of the Fat Burning Female Project and yes. you got into ketosis. So Yeah. Um, and it was funny because it was really easy for me to get into ketosis. And so part of me is like, I wonder if I was kind of already doing it, but not trying to do it a certain way. But I just think I was kind of getting more intuitive about how I was feeding my body. And so I really didn't go through this huge transition period. Like I got into really deep ketosis pretty easily. But again, I wasn't working out as much. And I was just focusing on this piece. And um, it did not affect the breastfeeding relationship I had with Miles at the time. So Uh, If anything, I felt like it was better. I just was more full. Another thing that I think when I see just people around me like athletes or maybe people like me that are athletes and moms is just not eating enough Mm -hmm. and eating high fat gets more calories in your body. And so I kind of feel like it's kind of hard to tell because I wasn't measuring my milk or anything, but there was no negative outcome of doing it. And I, it was easier to feel myself. I felt really satiated and I know Miles was satiated as well. (laughs) He's a much bigger child than my first. Okay. Well, maybe that has something (laughs) to do with it. Um, so it's really hard to measure breastfeeding. But you still, and you felt satisfied. You weren't getting hungry or anything like that either. No, no, I was not getting hungry at all. And that's the huge part. I'm glad that you brought that up about ladies in general, but definitely moms not eating enough food. And that's Mm -hmm. when you might have supply issue. You know, if you're getting enough food and your food is coming from healthy fats, uh, primarily, I mean, you can just understand that, of course, that that's not going to be a bad thing. That's really going to continue to fuel both yourself and your baby. Um, Mm -hmm. And breast milk has lots of fat in it. It's a very high fat food. So it's just going to support the production of that and still give you the energy that you need. And, you know, that's one of the issues with, I think, ketogenic diets that would some would poo poo it is mainly because so many people that do keto think they also have to do low calorie keto. And that just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was eating a lot. Yes. (laughs) And and I was happy with that. And he was happy with that. And. I can't say definitively, like I was producing this many uh, milliliters or whatever, but it it was supportive and healthy to the nur- nursing relationship for sure. A feeling that was going to be the case. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that's great. And, and that was one of those things that I did Googling keto and breastfeeding and you get so many stories. And um, I would say most of what I found was just from what I was reading is that the general consensus is you need more carbs and I guess, you know, I'm just one person out there where I can say like that wasn't really what I it was okay for me to mm-hmm. to be in ketosis while nursing. And we were at the end of our nursing relationship, so like he was also eating solids. Yeah, that's good to know. So you didn't have too hard of a time getting into ketosis. Your reservations were pretty much just was it okay for breastfeeding? And so, mm-hmm. I mean, besides the breastfeeding just as an overall how you feel and how you enjoy or don't enjoy your food. What do you think about the ketogenic diet? So it was great for moderate exercise and the lifestyle I was doing where I've been experimenting 
is adding in some more workouts and adding a little bit more carbs. And I don't have a real answer for that yet. I'm just kind of playing with it. And I've just now started to try going more intense in my workouts after, wow, like a year and a half. Um, and I've only tried doing intense workouts maybe two or three days a week mm-hmm. um, and then focusing on strength training. I have wondered if like it affects those workouts to be in ketosis, but it's so early on right now that I I don't feel like I can confidently say like yes or no. I'm just kind of seeing what's better or not. I do know that I went from being 80% fat, 70 to 80% fat, and I've come down a little bit. And I feel good. Like, I feel good doing, like, the carb up thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many things happening to my body again right now with being done with nursing that my hormones are – your estrogen goes up, progesterone goes down. And so I'm just kind of being a lot more patient with it. And how I'm eating now just feels super intuitive. I stopped measuring my ketones about three months in. Mm-hmm. So after about three months, I just stopped looking at it and I just kind of, I, I eat high fat still. I eat a little bit of carbs when I feel like it's the right thing to do. And that's working right now so far. Oh my so. God, that's so beautiful. <laughs> oh, that sounds so great. I mean, coming from this background where you've been crazy about food as we, many of us have, kind of overthinking the whole thing to now yeah. hear you say, like, I just kind of eat, I don't measure, I don't measure my food, I don't measure my ketones, I'm just kind of going with it, it feels really good. Now mm-hmm. I'm doing this little experiment, and we'll see if I feel better or worse. And that's mm-hmm. my personal experiment. I mean, that's kind of what we all want. Like, that sounds so desirable, I'm sure, yeah. to these other people listening that maybe don't have that yet. And that's what they're looking for. So I think that's really important to point out is that, and that's why I call it this keto lifestyle because there is so much freedom in it. Yes. I totally agree that I was ready to be done with obsessive thinking about food for me because we want to have more kids, hopefully. And I can't continue to prioritize my workouts over nourishing my body. And I I can't prioritize aesthetics overnourishing my body mm-hmm. right now. Um, I can't prioritize calorie counting over feeling satisfied right now. Like th- these are things that have to take second place as a mom, as, as long as I continue to want to produce children mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yes. and nurse them for a significant amount of time. Those things for me have to wait if, and I may never go back to that, but Right now, it's just I've learned through some major trial and error that being free is better than hitting markers that give make me feel in the short term accomplished. Mm-hmm. And um, because in the long term, I have a long way to go. You know, I have to maybe have more kids and I have to raise them and. I just, you know, just the time it takes to weigh and measure my food and prep food for three other people in my house is, is unreasonable for me. Like, I don't know how that may not be true for everybody, but that's the place that I I came to. So, yeah. So having a little more freedom is kind of working for you right now. Yeah. You have a little (laughs) bit more on your plate at this point point, no pun intended, but yeah, but yeah, so I think that that is such a huge message that needs to be told, I think, more in the keto community than is. You're also learning how to do all of this in a lifestyle that actually can be sustainable and long term and mm-hmm. um, not obsessive. And that's exactly. really important because we've all come from that past. And there's a lot of people coming to, into the keto diet with the same mentality of like, this is a diet. I'm going to eat this, this, and this. I'm going to restrict. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be that way. When you, when you think of it in the way that you have and I have, which is more like, I need to heal my body and this is what's going to do it. Then just everything changes. Your whole yes. outlook changes. Yeah. I think... Um, like going through the fat burning female project when it was important for me to go through that period of really seeing how much fat it really takes. Cause I was a little bit blown away by that at first. And so I think 
for me, like it is helpful to have that like period of kind of gauging and measuring to, to get like a reference point. But I, I do feel like something that I've learned is to take ownership over knowing that eventually mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know no. what I mean? Yeah. And not totally depending on tracking something. Uh, yeah. 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 You have to be able to see what a plate looks like, what mm-hmm. all your plates look like throughout the day with that much fat, and then continue in that, that way intuitively and not have to always be tracking. And that's when you like, it's a learning process. Yeah. But when you get to that point, then man, things become a lot easier. Yes. There's always this ever cycling trend in the world to find um, some thing that'll make you look good. And I, you know, I still feel that I, the biggest thing I've learned this, these last couple of years is to turn off the noise and turn on to what your body is saying and things just get like super simple. And so I think going through this process of eating high fat has just like made it a lot smoother because, you know, eating fat is simple and it's, an easy way to fill in the gaps as someone who's like busy running around trying to feed two kids and a husband and maybe more kids like this has just been a lot more seamless than a lot of things that I've done that take me into a thinking pattern that can be I don't want to say like selfish but it can be very consuming you know like too much for me to be able to also serve the people in my life things have just kind of taken its proper place when food isn't something that you're a slave to then you can serve others serve yourself a lot better oh my gosh so yes heck yeah sister yeah. i love it <laughs> so great um okay so i do want to point out that you did say and you're someone that is a nutritional therapy practitioner you were yes. already eating high fat and then you went through the program and now you're like, oh, keto's this much fat. Yes. <laughs> so it is a little bit of an eye opener. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And I loved it. I mean, I had no problem with it. But it was, yeah, like going through it um, to get to like 80%, 70, 80% is a lot. The biggest challenge for me, this may sound ridiculous, but um, one of the very, very sad food sensitivities I have is avocado and I it seriously that was one of the biggest challenges yes that would be so hard um and I tried to reintegrate because I had been off of it for a while I tried to reintegrate and it's still just not it just not good so yeah that honestly that is the biggest issue. <laughs> that would be hard because it also includes <laughs> avocado oil, and that's yes. like in all these awesome mayos. Uh-huh. That would be no, really yeah. hard for me. That's kind of like it seems kind of silly, but um, but g- getting the fat in was surprising, but it actually wasn't like difficult, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it just it was just kind of like oh okay. The difficult part was that I had to get a little bit more creative, so. You know, I eat a lot of macadamia nuts and Mm -hmm. things that I can like throw on top that you would normally do with avocado, but I can't. Hopefully, one, yeah, hopefully one day I can. But so, how I've kind of solved it is if I eat fat shakes once a day. And lately, ooh, I've been doing uh, bone broth with ghee and turmeric. Oh, so good. I love that combo. Um, and fat bombs. Mm Um, those things are simple to make, even for me as a busy mom. And that kind of, that made it a lot easier to, to get where I needed to be with the fat content. What so, is in your fat shakes? So I do um, chocolate, <laughs> uh, uh, cacao powder, um, actually, and MCT oil, coconut milk, cinnamon, vanilla, and ice. I do sometimes I'll do a little bit of uh, stevia drops and most people would also add um, avocado, but I can't. So I just kind of do like more uh, either coconut oil or MCT Mm -hmm. oil and then an egg yolk. I got that from Leanne Vogel. Oh, that is the best. That's a great idea. Yeah. It makes it just the texture just awesome. So I do that pretty much every day. 
Nice. I love that. That is sounds delicious. Sounds it's awesome. really good. Yeah. I'm gonna try the egg yolk thing. Uh, okay. So and it, I I think I know that you also kind of have a high fat family. So you're also feeding your yes. kids pretty high fat. That's yeah, they awesome. eat high fat. My children Asher's always been he's my three year old. Um I gotta tell you, this is one of the biggest challenges. People think that I'm psycho when I'm actually not psycho. <laughs> You're actually just being healthy yes. and sensible. <laughs> yes. And it takes a little a little more effort. And granted, I totally acknowledge that we live are privileged to live in a part of the world where especially you and I being in the Boulder area, like we get access to all the possible health foods that we want. So mm-hmm. I never want to discount that it's for some people in this world, it is not convenient to eat really healthy in the fashion that I do. I, I don't ever want to sound flippant about that, but I do get a lot of people being like, how does he eat salmon for a snack? And I'm like, you just feed it to him. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know the difference if it's all he's gotten. <laughs> and he, he is, a, he has been exposed, you know? And so I try to keep it chill and relax and when we're a guest, sometimes we'll say yes to food that isn't optimal, but family members kind of get it now. Like I, I do mean this, that I'm trying to fuel my kid and it's not just about his body. It's about his brain. Mm-hmm. Like I, this is something I just really am passionate about. Like I am really passionate about feeding his brain with fat. And so semi, just like as an adult, you can eat quote unquote, healthy or semi healthy and not be feeding your brain. So we do a lot of high fat food. If you ask him what his favorite food is, he's going to say pizza. (laughs) But we do pizza our way, you know, Mm -hmm. and absolutely. um, So he loves olives. He loves uh, raw high fat cheese. He loves um, vegetables, dipping things in guac. He can kill some guac. And then same with my with Miles, my 15 month old. He literally eats three eggs every morning. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so it's it is amazing. Yeah, but, once he got his teeth, he he got a lot more interested in food. And I think it's really important yeah. just to have a whole high fat household. You know, just have everybody yeah. into it and. I mean, then you can all see the benefits kind of as a family, which is so important. It's huge because our I try my best to not make our go-to a situation where they're going to feel grumpy and tired an hour later because that's bad for me and it's bad for them. Mm-hmm. And even paleo or healthy or however you want to word it, if his only breakfast is a banana, there's consequences for that, even though it's a banana, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like trying to feel feel them that's going to get us through not just them but also mama yes. through the day, you know. <laughs> yes, totally understandable. Yeah, you need to think about that and the consequences of even a fruit sugar having too much sugar is still yes. sugar, you know. It's still sugar and I can see it. I can definitely see the difference. You've alluded to the fact that you are maybe going to try for a third. Yeah, we, we've talked about it. Possibly. Um, so then what's the status of your hormones? I know you're still working on them. So how is that all going? You know, like it's a work in progress. The nur- nursing is a powerful thing. And so I still need to get balanced. Like my, I'm still a little estrogen dominant. I need to work on that. You know, this is also like something I've learned as a mother is I've committed to not putting myself through something that I, I can't really support. So we will start trying when I'm more balanced and I just need a little reset and a break and to get things ready for the undertaking of conception. And, and for me, that does mean getting my progesterone up and my estrogen down. But this is something that also shifts dramatically when you stop nursing. So Mm -hmm. it's just, it's another piece of the puzzle that it just takes patience, you know, and just kind of letting things run their course. The body is not matched for the pace of life that we live in. I don't it's, believe. I could not say that any better. That is yeah. so incredibly true. <laughs> we were not built for this world that we're currently no. living in. We no. all just need to take a, a little step back. And I think also 
um, your mentality around everything. I know your mentality has changed so much. Mm-hmm. And just having this t- completely different outlook on what you're trying to do in your lifestyle and for your body and your hormones and for your kids and just everything seems so much more healthy <laughs> and yeah. balanced. You know, yeah. and you really had to change your lifestyle in order to do that. But I think you're seeing and I hope that more people can see how worth it it is. I mean, I know you loved CrossFit but and working out to that degree, but it wasn't doing you any favors. And so being able to recognize that and still do what you love, but do it at a different capacity is really important. And, and being able to make that change, you just got to do it. Yeah, I think with the CrossFit, like I said, that was a renaissance in my life where I was like, wow, look at all these things I can do. Like, this is amazing. And there's a side of me that I didn't know existed at all. And it was so cool. But for me, the competitive piece of it is where it went to a place that I couldn't sustain while also mothering. Mm -hmm. And so um, I guess that's kind of like where I would say that that's where the things got weird was pushing too hard to compete and that the methodology itself, I think, is, you know, can be done in a way that is healthy. It's just, what is your intention? You know, why are you doing it? Who are you serving? For me, there was a period of serving the team, you know, Mm -hmm. like uh, I was an important piece to the team. And that took a big chunk out of me, (laughs) a big chunk out of me. And, um, doing it in this way where I'm like working out in my garage when I can, well-rested, well-fed. Yeah. And really, so your story is obviously very specific to you, but that really can branch out to, you don't have to be competing in CrossFit for your body to just be tanking, you know, like that was (laughs) the case for you, but it could be anything. I mean, it it doesn't even have to be in a workout degree. It could be at your job your or job. in your relationship yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But you have to start looking at those signs, which having a hormonal imbalance is a big sign that you're doing too much to your body. And we have a lot of women listening that have hormonal imbalances right now. So I think that's really important to point out. I think it's also like you don't have to be kind of going through motherhood to stop you. It could just be that you um, want to change your life the way that you did. Like you want to have a new perspective on life. And, um, that's all it really takes to finally make the choice to, to change, you know, to, to change it up. Um, okay. So last question here, do you have any sort of advice or anything for someone that's maybe either wanting to maybe do keto, not sure about it, or maybe they're already doing it and not feeling as great as they wanted to be or, or not getting the results or whatever. Do you have any advice? Uh, I guess the advice would be that um, I think we sort of have entered a place in time where keto is really popular. And so I guess just like with anything, just ask yourself, why are you doing it? Because I feel like I've met a couple people who do it to like lose weight or something, which isn't necessarily always a bad reason or just like because they hear about it and they want to just try it out type of thing. So I guess like my advice is just like, what is the intention behind it? What do you have to gain? What do you have to lose? And then to also be cautious of making this, like you said, like lifestyle also something that becomes obsessive. You know what I mean? Like people obsessing over their ketones or not trying to branch out or change their fat setup like or how much they're doing Mm -hmm. um because they're afraid but just to not let fear rule how you go about it because high fat dieting is or high fat eating is nourishing you know so like that's like the main message I guess just keep that (laughs) seriously all you have to do is keep that mentality like you are nourishing your body and you're doing what you need to do and then the rest of it kind of falls away yeah not being afraid to just feel it out, you know, like it's not, no one's going to, um, come down from the sky and give me like some sort of verdict that I'm doing stuff wrong Mm -hmm. with my life. I feel like I've heard you say before, like if you get out of ketosis, it's okay. You're not going to die, you know, like just to experiment and, um, 
more than anything, get to know your body, you know, because I think fat as the fuel, being fat fueled is a really powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And, and just seeing where that can take you without being dogmatic about it. It's very you know, easy to be that in this keto community as it stands right now, but we're going to change it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and, <laughs> and I'm interested because I know you're experimenting with more carbs and different workouts and stuff, so I'll be interested to see how it goes for you if you find that you do better or worse uh, in your workouts with more carbs or less carbs. Or I mean, that's a really fun – that's the thing. It's almost fun because you use your body as its own experiment because you're your own body. You're your own person and you can find what works for you. So I'm excited to see that because I did the same thing probably about a month ago. I started tinkering with my workouts and my carb load. Once you have more data, Me we'll too. discuss. Yeah, I'm interested too. I don't know yet, but I'm excited. You know, I feel like as I get more sleep, I get more excited to do a little bit more intense mm, workouts. Yes. Um, but I want to do it cautiously. I'm not I'm just working out for life at this point. So yeah. I have time. I have time yeah. to kind of see how this goes. Just working out to move your body and feel good. Yes. Love it. Leah, thank <laughs> you so much. This was really, really fun. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was really just like we were chatting over coffee. <laughs> like, yeah. Like we met for coffee and that's what our conversation was. <laughs> I'm actually in my car because that's mom life. <laughs> oh, is that the only place where it's quiet? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> but honestly, it feels like a vacation. Yeah, like, you're like, yeah. this was great. Yeah. <laughs> had an adult conversation. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much. I think our listeners are really going to get some good information from you and just, just tips from a real person doing it the real way. So I think it was thank really you. important for you to come on. And I really appreciate you sharing everything. Thanks for having me. Okay, we'll make sure to give everyone updates as you uh, progress, and we'll let everybody know how it goes. I'll keep you posted. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey, lady. Do you want to make sure that you are doing the ketogenic diet the right way for you? Do you want to make sure you're getting all of those amazing benefits that come with producing ketones and not putting any extra stress on your body? Then head to my website and check out the Fat Burning Female Project. We have a new class starting soon, and I'd love to have you be a part of it. Head to bit.ly slash fatburningfemale, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash fatburningfemale, and make sure to sign up to get a notification of when the next class will be. Can't wait to see you there.